Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Hello, this is Ian Brannan and welcome to another action-packed episode of No Breaks, No Fear. We're going to take a look back at Monday night's Premiership action and there's plenty to go through because all six teams were in action at the same time and Wolves got back to winning ways with a well-worked 50-40 victory over Premiership newcomers Sheffield at Monmore. We'll hear from one of the stars of the night, Luke Becker. I mean, if I remember correctly, I think every race we've been together we've 5-1, so yeah. it's, it's going good right now. We'll also hear from Sheffield team boss Simon Stead. Meanwhile, Peterborough secured their first win of the season in style with an emphatic 58-32 success over rivals Kings Lynn. We'll hear from top scorer and paid maximum man for the Panthers, Scott Nichols. To come away with the win we did was was pretty impressive. We'll also hear from Peter Schroke, Thomas Jorgensen and Richard Lawson through the course of this week's episode. And Bellevue maintained their lead at the top of the Premiership with a powerful display to beat Ipswich 55-35. We'll hear from Aces top scorer Charles Wright. It's like starting all over again and start the season because there's way more to come from me. After a tough week for Ipswich, we'll hear from Jake Allen and Chris Louie as well. We'll also take a look ahead to the action coming up in the Championship this week and we'll look back on the result from the weekend at Mildenhall where it was the British under 21 semi-final and we've got all three guys who made the podium Jordan Jenkins, Jake Mulford and Nathan Ablett all on the way on this week's No Breaks No Fear. No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast. What a week it's been. Plenty of action, have plenty of thrills and unfortunately a few spills as well, which we will come to. But we've had decent weather and lots of fixtures to get through. Joining me on this week's edition is Mike Taylor, who is a voice that you may well recognise if you've ever listened to one of the live streams that comes from BBC WM in the West Midlands, where they cover as much speedway as they possibly can. And uh, I think I heard you, Mike, in, in action just the other day at Birmingham but um, you're joining us right now. It's, it's great to have you with us. Welcome along, Mike. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a pleasure. It's it's good fun, and yeah, obviously Wolverhampton and Birmingham are the, are the clubs on our uh, patch at the moment. So you know, we we when we can get out and follow them, we'll follow them. And it's it's a great thing that that you do, and, and quite unique. And and we on this podcast are trying to help out BBC Local Radio with with audio because for people that that don't know, a lot of the stations are not hugely resourced as, as as perhaps people imagine you haven't got hundreds of reporters out everywhere you've got literally two or three in, in most of the stations and so what we've done on the podcast is we've shared our audio with BBC local stations and they've been playing it to help get the word out there and that there are quite a few stations that uh, that have been doing that and WM is is one of them but you do this quite unique I think thing within BBC local radio of, of you get out there and you do these commentaries where and it's it's quite a raw service, but I like it in that you, you you get the feed up, you get the stream up, and you're there with your microphone. And if there's nothing to talk about, the microphone's sort of on the table, and you can hear people chatting away in the background. But when the action's there, you're there calling it, and um, and people can just listen to the full meeting with no interruptions, no adverts, and uh, a huge benefit to those who can't make it along to to some meetings sometimes. That's kind of you to say, and I hope so. I, I, I hope we provide some sort of a service. I mean, look, we... Um, I'm, I'm not certainly not here to plead poverty on behalf of the BBC, but, yeah, it, it, BBC Local Radio Sport, it, it's about making what resources we can go as far as we can. And, obviously, there are a lot of um, sports that, that, that try and demand our attention, and for many parts of the country, including ours at, uh, at Radio WM, Football is is a big presence, and and it particularly is with us. But there is a lot going on in sport other than football, and it's it's always been uh, you know a particular thing that I want to do. And my colleagues, I must say, my colleagues Rob Gurney and Richard Wilford are very much of this mind that we should tell as many stories as we can. That's what we we are about. And if they work on the radio, so much the better. And it's my opinion, and fortunately uh, our bosses have been persuaded of that over the last few years, um, is that Speedway works on both levels. 
it works because it is full of stories. As you, I mean, you know, Ian, with with the, the humans of Speedway, I mean, you, that, that's what it's all about. There, it's a story in terms of an event, and it's a story in terms of people, because there are so many interesting folks around in Speedway, and we've been delighted to meet them. And... I am to think it works as a radio sport. Speedway is a spectacle for, for people going there. It's a spectacle for television. But it is also, it's about the noise. And if there's one thing we can bring, if I just put a microphone down on the table, I think this at the moment, more than anything else, when people haven't heard it for 18 months, if I just put a microphone down on the table and shut up and let you hear the sound of the bikes, I think we'd get people who want to listen to that. Yeah, you um, would. Quite frankly. <laughs> you would. Um, in fact, at Sheffield last week, um, when I was literally or was suspended almost over the first turn, um, and we got messages saying, well, we can't actually hear you when the bikes are going past. And then I got several messages after that saying, but don't worry about it. Because we're in the best in the world. We're quite happy hearing them. Just tell us what's happened at the end. So I took the hint. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know from the first couple of episodes we did of this podcast when we were at the practice sessions, um, when the bikes were just first coming back, I think the most feedback we've ever had from any episode we've done was the first time that people heard bikes going past. And it was just like we're doing an interview and you could hear this bike going going by in the background. People going, oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant to hear the bikes again. And, and like you say, just, just the sound itself is uh, pretty unique and, and wonderful. What's your backstory with Speedway then? Because you're, you're a Speedway fan yourself. You've got uh, a bit of a vested interest, I suppose, in in, in having the sport covered. And uh, it's something that's a bit of a busman's holiday for you. You're a Speedway fan, of course. So, so tell us about your uh, journey with Speedway. Um, I went to Speedway as a kid with my dad. We would go and watch Speedway because, I mean, he's a, a Birmingham man. And we used to go to this is Perry Bar, not the current Perry Bar, but the one where the shopping centre now is, yeah. which I think closed in 83. And I remember going there as a little one, and I can't remember a great deal about it other than that Hans Nielsen generally won. Um, and that people used to wonder why Hans Nielsen couldn't do more to help his mate out at the back in Heat 1. <laughs> Particularly remember, <laughs> I remember, you know, learning to fill in a programme and there was, you know, Neil uh, Evitz and Paul Thorpe and all these names. Of course, Birmingham closes, so we started going to, to Dudley Wood. And uh, I remember going there, and you know the the smell of the hot pork rolls. I remember when uh, heard about that. Uh, you know, that was a, a big marketing thing for Crayley when they got going. Yeah, well, I remember that. So <laughs> we we used to go and um, we we followed Speedway, um, and then when so when there's an opportunity to come up, we were looking for things to to cover for the radio, and you know, and because Birmingham Speedway starting up again, Wolverhampton has always been there. You know, so yeah, we should we should cover this. It works. Let's see if we can do it. And here we are still doing it. And you, you're a big fan. Take your family over to, to Cardiff on, mm. on that weekend as well, which, of course, we've been missing for a couple of years now. And uh, uh, the loss of Somerset, too, is, is going to impact on, I think, a few people's enjoyment of that, that weekend generally. But that's a, a great family occasion, though, for Speedway fans, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we've done that um, with the kids. Uh, my, wife, my wife is not a particularly big sport person but we the first time we went as a family to Cardiff I'd been uh, and I've got two boys and uh, we said okay we're going to make an event of this because you know Cardiff's a great city anyway so we'll go down to take in the speedway and on the way back my wife said we should do that that should be our annual thing even when the kids are older you know and they've left home we should say come on we <laughs> we're going to make you come on we're going to Cardiff that's what we do but you know we've we've I've taken it all sorts of places. You know, when we're on holiday, we've been on holiday in the south of England. Said, look, Paul Speedway, on. let's go to Paul. Let's go to um, Swindon. We, you know, we've we've been at. Um, my wife is from Scotland, so they've been to Glasgow. Uh, we've we've been up there when we've been uh, away. You know, Speedway is a spectacle, and, and I, I know that one of the big cliches and things people say around uh, Speedway is it's a family sport, but it's true. And my family. Love it, and they want to go. You know, so we can we can get a chance to all go together. We'll go. We, we we were so disappointed, although we understood why that Cardiff isn't running. But if it's back running again, I can assure you, we shall have our names down for it. So let's look back on the action from Monday night then and uh, another very busy evening of Speedway because all six Premiership teams were in action for the first time actually on the same day and Wolverhampton got back to winning ways a well-worked 50-40 victory over Premiership newcomers Sheffield at Monmore a solid all-round team performance by Peter Adams' men who all played their parts of all well clear with a late rally as Sheffield ran out of riders Mike, uh, as a reporter for BBC 
WM, what have been your thoughts so far on how Wolves have done? Because they've had a fairly decent start, haven't they? Well, they've started pretty well. Uh, I mean, I've seen three of their four fixtures. Uh, I, I, I sense they would surprise themselves with the, the size of the couple of their wins and certainly to, to win so handsomely over Ipswich. Uh, they had a night where everything ran perfectly and, and Ipswich had, had quite the reverse. Um, I've seen the two fixtures against Sheffield, uh, the one at Owlerton last week and uh, last night. They were both interesting matches in their own way. Uh, last night, was it was a, always going to be a bit of a stop-start fixture because uh, with both teams having to operate rider replacement, and that was a pity that, uh, that, that uh, Rory Schlein and, and Kyle Howarth were missing. Um, it might have been a tighter meeting with, with Kyle Howarth there, but obviously Wolves losing Rory Schlein. Both meetings actually could have had a different outcome. You know, Wolves had a, were a little bit out of luck with uh, with one red flag in particular when they were on a 5-1 at Sheffield. Last night was close, uh, and there was a, a fairly crucial moment where Adam Ellis had been going very well on a tactical substitute, just fell at an important moment uh, in Heat 9, in, I think, Heat 9 or 10. At, at that point, it, it, Sheffield were very competitive. I, I didn't think over the piece there was too much to choose in the team. So they were quite in, engaging meetings, both of them. And Sam Masters for Wolves has had a particularly good start, virtually unbeaten um, for, for much of the season so far. It was beaten last night by Adam Ellis, which is one of the, the only times, if not the first time, that he's been beaten around uh, Monmore this season. And uh, he's certainly the, the leading light, isn't he? Yes, yeah, Sam has, has looked very well. I think he's a good leader at the, you know, at the, at the top of the order for Wolverhampton. I mean, they've got a nice spread um, across the team and you can see how you know the, the riding positions are going to change over the, over the course of the season. But I imagine Sam will probably remain at the top for, for, for quite a while. I mean, he's, he's been around for a long time, uh, for, for quite a while now. Uh, I mean, we know that Speedway riders sort of seem to hang around for an awful long time. But Sammy's very, very capable. Um, and I think, he, you know, he leads the way well, but we've seen him in some interesting contests uh, over the uh, over these couple of meetings. I mean, you mentioned Adam Ellis there, who um, had some very good pace over both meetings, uh, and Jack Holder was involved in some very good uh, battles with uh, with Sam Masters last night. But no, Sam leads the way well for Wolves, and uh, they'll be well served while he's there. Another impressive performance as well for Luke Becker, one of the uh, two uh, Americans uh, in the team who have been uh, contributing very well from, well, with Brock Nickel at reserve and uh, Luke Becker riding at number two yesterday. And uh, he's been speaking to Joe Appleton. Luke, another really solid night for yourself and the team. You must be really chuffed with the way things are going. Yeah, exactly. You said it right there. Um, everybody in the team is, is doing good. Um, the results have shown, of course, we had one away loss, but... Um, that's a tough place to go to, so at least we got those uh, bonus points tonight. And unfortunately, we're missing our captain Rory, so hopefully he heals up and gets back um, as soon as possible. Could we, could we? We could use him. Yeah, you seem to have struck up a really good partnership with Sam. One and two, you seem to be scoring some good points together. Yeah, exactly. Now, me and fr- uh, Sam are really good friends, so it's good to be on the track together and and have a partner you can trust. And um, just all in all, yeah, it's going good riding there, riding at number two. I'm looking looking forward to staying there hopefully yeah and how about that uh, heat eight with Brock Nickel it must have been a great feeling to get that 5-1 with yeah with exactly um, if, I mean if I remember correctly I think every race we've been together we've 5-1 so yeah. it's it's going good right now hopefully we can keep it up yeah and just a word on the rest of the season you, you seem to be tipped to, to be doing big things this season do you feel any added pressure going into meetings or do you just do you just feel just feel good going into it um, of course you know being in the main body of the team this year there's a little bit more added pressure but um, it it's that's something that I was looking forward to and something that's just going to make me a better rider in the end. So I'll try to keep as calm as possible and relaxed and um, just do what I come here for. We've spoken about this before, but Wolves do have quite a history of really good American riders, don't they? And I think there's something about that Monmore track that perhaps is very similar to what they're brought up on, fairly tight tracks in, in California, for example, where they feel really at home there, don't they, Mike? Well, the, the record certainly says that. Uh, I remember I've, I've spoken a few times about this with uh, with Steve Evans, who's done a lot of work with, t- with Team USA and has been across to, to Wolverhampton many times. And in, enjoyed hearing from him, um, you know, making points along those lines. Having said that, I mean, Luke, who we just heard from, seems to be a bit of an adventurer um, because he was uh, making the wide line work as well as anybody yesterday. But he's, t- he's taking to uh, British Speedway. Obviously, he was around in 2019 uh, and looks a real talent. And uh, uh, he impressed me at Owlerton the other day because that's a track he wouldn't know well. And you could 
see. He had a look in his first ride in heat one. From that point on, he was very competitive throughout the meeting, so he strikes me as a very quick learner. He really does look like a talent and Brock Nickel coming up not far behind. So there's a, there's a great tradition to work, for, uh, to work from at Wolverhampton. There's some very wise heads around to learn from. Those two have got everything going for them. And for Sheffield, to their credit, they stayed in contention. They pushed Wolves hard over that first half of the meeting. As we say, they got down to, to within two points at, uh, at one stage of the of the meeting. They were fairly uh, fairly bruising encounter, really, for Sheffield because they'd already lost Kyle Howarth, who you would have fancied to have done a little bit of damage there, being a Monmore specialist. Uh, and then they lost uh, Josh Bates, who was ruled out after a Heat 4 crash where he locked up, and um, I think it was his... Um, his, his footrest wasn't it that dug into mm. the, the the track and he went over the handlebars and he looks like he's got some kind of shoulder injury um, he also took Tom Bacon out in that crash as well Adam Ellis whilst he made it all the way through the meeting and, and is fine today we've seen tweets saying that he's, he's, he's all good to go for his next meeting in Sweden tonight right now let's hear from the Sheffield boss Simon Stead his thoughts on that clash against Wolves he's been speaking with Joe Appleton Simon ultimately defeat at Wolverhampton, but a strong effort from the lads, down to five. I think the scoreline doesn't tell the full story. Um, I think to actually finish within ten of a really strong Wolves side on their patch with uh, what we would end up with, five riders left, um, was was a, a solid effort. Um, you know, three points from RR for Kyle, uh, a guy who's ridden here for a long time, who was a track specialist. Uh, might have just made it a different story um, but it wasn't to be tonight but we'll regroup and go again yeah, as you say a really bruising day really losing Kyle and then Josh comes down Adam with a really nasty crash how is Adam and how's Josh? Um, Josh is struggling a little bit um, we'll assess that when we when we can um, see how he feels tomorrow Adam's battered and bruised so is his bike yeah. Um, so yeah tough day at the office but um, there were positives in there yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll work with those yeah, you must be really chuffed with the performance of Troy Batchelor once again. Had a tough couple of meetings, but he's really picked up and he's, he's back to form. Yeah, well, we we knew that was what we brought Troy, Troy into the into the team for. He's he's, he's always been capable of that. Yeah. And uh, two tough meetings at the start of the year um, when he'd not been on a bike for so long, yeah. um, you know, wasn't a fair reflection of, of of the rider he is. So. The fact that he's back scoring points that we know is great to see. Yeah, and finally a word on James Wright. Busy night for James. He's obviously thrown in, thrown in there at the deep end. But obviously he's done really well. Two meetings for Newcastle. He seems to be getting up to speed and getting into the swing of things. Yeah, that's right. Just another rider who just with more more and more laps under their belt will will only improve. And a tough night tonight. Um, it's difficult. It's a difficult place to come at the best of times. Yeah. Um, especially when you've not ridden here for so long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously it's been years since James rode here. So... Uh, it's going to take a little while to get up to this speed. Yeah, we, yeah he scored some good points in the in the championship over the course of the weekend. That'll give him confidence, and hopefully that'll um, see him return to points in this league as well. Sheffield boss Simon Stead speaking with Joe Appleton after that 50-40 loss for the Tigers against Wolves. The scoreline, though, as Simon was suggesting in that piece, maybe doesn't quite show how close that meeting was. They, they were down to uh, a couple of points between them at one stage of the meeting. And um, Sheffield are going to be a competitive outfit this year, aren't they? Both of the, the meetings between these two teams in the last few days have ended up with the away team going home without a point. Easily... It could have been different in both cases. I think both teams will be strong at home. And Peter Adams said to me a quick word after the the meeting at Owlerton. He said they're going to win a lot of matches here. I'm sure they will. I think Wolves will be very strong at home. We don't know how the season will develop with riders' form and fitness. But those two teams look competitive. I'll tell you who the big winner at Monmore was last night looking at the TV coverage and that was the ice cream man because everybody, <laughs> everybody had an ice cream in their mouth right through it, up to and including Peter Adams. So yeah, it's got to be a good day for the ice cream man. It's ice cream weather. Look, enjoy it. We've waited, we've all waited long enough. You know, they were running out of flakes the other week. There was a public inquiry in Birmingham as to why that was. Um, but, uh, you know, look, or bring on the ice creams, bring on the burger. The burger van was in good form as well. So, uh, yes, bring it on. I'm all for the ice cream. Somebody bought me one in the middle of a commentary once at Perry Bar the other, week, uh, the other year. 
and said, no, I made some comment during the uh, during the process. There was lots of people going past with ice greetings. Ten minutes later, somebody bought me one. Said, oh, my dad's listening somewhere. He said, go around and buy that bloke an ice cream. So I'm, I'm, all, for, I'm all for that. But the next couple of heats commentary was a bit woolly. <laughs> you should try it next by, uh, by, by saying that you quite like Mercedes cars or something and just see if that works too. I, I, I'm sure BBC sponsorship rules forbid that. But, you know. <laughs> Probably, yes. There's something in the... Uh, in the editorial the guidelines. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, another match that happened last night. And Peterborough secured their first win of the season in style, an emphatic 58-32 success over rivals Kings Lynn. An eye-catching full team display from the Panthers, who got the bragging rights in convincing fashion with skipper Scott Nichols rolling back the years with a paid maximum. He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Yeah, delighted with that. Um, kind of... Struggled for pace around here for a while now. I've had had my moments, but um, yeah. So to get maximum was was great. Um, but the whole team did well. You know, Kings Lynn came. We knew they'd come here in determined mood after coming off the back of a way win at Ipswich, and you know, made change. It's fair to say they've definitely strengthened up. So we um, knew it wasn't going to be a, a walk in the park. So to come away with the win we did was was pretty impressive. Yeah, as captain of the Panthers as well, obviously. Um, last Monday was a, a bit of a strange one on a high on the dinner time, getting that draw and then uh, suffering the defeat here on the night. So I guess it's the, the character the team have showed as well that's impressive. Definitely is. Um, yeah, we were unlucky. Um, yeah, not taking anything away from Bellevue, full credit to them. They, they rode really well. They were the better team on the day, but, you know, really having to tire malfunctions cost us, you know, and I think had we not had that, I think we'd probably had a draw, um, maybe even stuck a win. So... Um, you know, that, that was a bit of a dent, but no, I mean, the, the way the team performed, everybody, you know, uh, Bomber had a, a mixed start with a few mechanicals and Biani had a tough start, but showed what he's capable of in the end. I think that's that's shown through, um, you know, kind of people are saying we're old and we, yeah, we laugh it off, but with that comes an awful lot of experience. And I think we showed that tonight and we showed that we can gel and work together well as a team. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what the score was, but it was a pretty heavy win, so happy with that. Yeah, 58-32 in the end. So do you think that does uh, fire some sort of warning to the rest of the Premiership? Uh, it certainly does, but you know, we don't get carried away. It's early in the season yet. We'll just take the confidence and the, the positiveness from that. You know, We're away at Ipswich this week, um, so we'll go there in determined mood. It's a long season yet. No no championship has won at the start of the season, but you know, to get a couple of away wins would be great. Um, like I said, it was a great start of the season away at Bellevue, so if we can go to Ipswich and grab some points there take their confidence again, come back on the home leg against Wolverhampton. We know they're going to be a tough outfit, but, you know, we, we had a convincing win today, so it's, it's not about hammering the teams by 20 points. It's about getting enough to get all four points in the bag. Certainly is. Well done to the team and well done on a paid match, Scotty. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Scott Nichols there and Ulrich Ostergaard as well added 11 plus 2 riding from reserve. And what a reserve to have in your team, someone with that level of experience. But <laughs> that's the thing about the Peterborough team, Mike, isn't it? That experience and people were perhaps scoffing slightly at the the average age or indeed the combined age of this Peterborough team. But these are not pensioners you know these are riders that are you know late 30s early 40s with a huge amount of experience a few of them have got grand prix experience of course as well and that level of experience is going to count for something through the course of this season might count for a lot this year more than any other um because you know everybody's dialing their way back into (coughs) into whatever sport it is whether it's speedway or anything else um and you know knowledge and being able to to deal with unusual situations as we're still working in and who knows what's still ahead um that sort of level-headedness that um that comes with experience in any sport is of huge value i mean look at the miles that that team has clocked up um and i look at jordan pale in there what a would be like going to speedway university that is what an opportunity for him um, and for, for anyone else connected with uh, with Peterborough Speedway, because if you couldn't plug into some of those brains there, you'd be seriously missing out. So, yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing at Peterborough, and it's a big win last night to get them really moving. You look at the Kings Lynn team, who've had all sorts of issues so far. They made three team changes, and their um, man at number one, Eric Riss, goes through the card and fails to score. Yes, that was that stood out off the scorecard um, last night because we know Eric; he's a, he's a, 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 a much better rider than that. But look, it, it, these things happen occasionally. Um, you know, Kingsley have had a, a, a rocky start, and yet they've had an away win. 
Um, so teams will come and go, you know, over the course of the season, because Kings Lynn's start has been dicey, they can't be ruled out because there's so much scope for changes. Things will happen during the course of the season. Alas, we've already seen one or two, uh, two injuries around necessitating team changes. It's obviously been a difficult start for Kings Lynn, but it, again, I mean, that's a, that's a very experienced promotion. They'll figure it out. So I, I wouldn't count them out of the running yet. Let's hear a bit from the Kingsland camp now and see what their thoughts were after that defeat against Peterborough. We'll hear from Peter Shroke fairly soon. Let's first of all hear from the man who was the captain of the Kingsland Stars last night, and that's Thomas Jorgensen. He's been chatting with Ryan Guest. Well, Thomas, after uh, such a great win at Ipswich last night, uh, a disappointing night all round for the Stars here at Peterborough. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, um, I... Uh... We had such a good heat, uh, win at Ipswich, uh, like you said, last week, and it was uh, obviously everything clicked. We, we have been looking for that all season. Uh, we, we've uh, been struggling a lot, and for us to have a, a win at, away at Ipswich last week was uh, fantastic. And um, uh, we came here with, with, uh, with obviously hopes, and um, I mean, them boys uh, from Peter, they are quick around here, and, um, and obviously, uh, I think, uh, to, be, to be fair, my own performance, I, I, I was. My setup was uh, more or less found from from the first uh, heat I was in, and uh, and uh, I made a few tweaks, and um, uh, and I think a lot of the other boys were struggling with the setup, and we were trying. We had a few team talks, and we were trying to find something that worked for all of us, and it was just very difficult. Uh, but yeah, on the positive side, I'm I'm very happy that I finally ma- managed to make four out of five starts tonight, and. Uh, after chasing starts uh, all, all year, I've not been able to gate, and um, I found something that uh, that works now, and uh, I'm just gonna keep it going, really. So. Yeah, you were standing captain for the side tonight as well. Just how tough was it? Obviously, losing uh, Lewis Kerr in the build-up to this one. Yeah, it was extremely tough, and obviously, it's uh, I'm, obviously it's uh, it's a big shame to Lewis. You know, I feel for him, and he's been going really good this year, and uh, you know, he's. Uh, it's a big loss for the team, and uh, we could have uh, done with him tonight for sure. So um, it, uh, I think uh, the scores could, the score tonight could have been much different with him, uh, him on board. So um, yeah, I, uh, I spoke to him uh, this morning, and uh, he's, uh, he's keen to be get back. Uh, and uh, it doesn't sound that he's, uh, he's uh, down and or anything. You know, he's, he just wants to get back racing. And yeah, it's uh, we could have done for him for sure. So do uh, you need to heal, heal up quick and. Uh, come back (laughs) well Thomas appreciate your reaction straight after the meeting thank you thank you Thomas Jorgensen who was captain of the Kingsland Stars on Monday night Uh, let's now hear from the team boss of the Kingsland Stars here's Peter Schroke again with Ryan Guest where did it go wrong for the Stars tonight (laughs) I don't know to be honest it's like you know I I try to play every card right at the beginning of it with a tactical sub and because it was getting it was looking bad and it was getting and then we got ourselves back into it again and then it just we just could not find the right setups you know the boys were tr- I mean I can't knock them they all tried all the way through you know the R&R just didn't work out for us today and um, you know it is a very tough evening but you know we, like we always say you know we just have to sort of brush ourselves off and uh, we've got a week now to recover and uh, hopefully next week when we're at home you know, with the team, the way we've got it, hopefully we can show that uh, we're worth a little bit more than tonight. Yeah, you mentioned the rider replacement there, obviously, uh, that, that coming into operation for, for Lewis Kerr, who suffered that broken collarbone uh, whilst racing for, for Eastbourne yesterday. Not just on track, but off track. How much was that a blow losing him in this one? Oh, it was a big-time blow, you know. To get told the night before, you know, when we, like you just mentioned, we've been on such a high, you know, coming away from Ipswich, Louis was one of our, you know, top riders there. And then suddenly, like, you know, to, to get sort of torn apart a little bit, it sort of set the mood up wrong. But I don't want to use that as an excuse, you know. We, we still should have enough in the, in the tank to do a little bit better today. But it was purely, you know, we could not get the right setups. And, you know, with the tyres and one thing and another, everybody knows how much hassle that is at the moment. You know, is uh, and when you're behind... It makes it even worse because you're going to start analysing everything. So it, we made the job hard for ourselves tonight and uh, we just have to learn from it and uh, pick ourselves up. Yeah, just a, a quick word on Eric Chris as well. 
Um, obviously a really difficult night with him uh, failing to score a point and um, you won't see that too often at, at, at any level um, but especially around this East of England arena circuit you, it's, it's a strange one isn't it because you think it's the sort of place that would suit his style it is you know he, he was in particular struggling with the setup today you know and he's a very deep thinker Eric you know that's why he's two times world champion you know on a long track and he's you know he's no slouch everybody knows what he's capable of but he's a deep thinker yeah um just a quick look ahead to the sheffield fixture a week on thursday as well how important is it to, to finally pick up that first home win of the season yeah of course you know that that is why we've done everything what we what we could do with the changes again you know that's where we're you know louis you know is a very important part of that of that puzzle and uh, you know it's been ripped out a little bit but hopefully we can uh, we can deal with the r and r and uh, you know at home and um, and get going so uh, yeah it's a uh, it's a t- it's a tough old uh, t- start to the season you know like I said you're on a high one minute and you're down next so but I'm sure we're going to get it right you know nobody's running away with it you know there's a few scores coming through which you know sort of you know it's it's very level level ground and I still look at the positive side we picked up more points on the road in this year than we did in 2019 so you know if we get it right at home and pick up a little bit more on the way on the on the more suitable tracks like Ipswich and places like that where you know it's not such a big home track advantage I'm sure we can still play a major part in the league well, as ever, Peter, many thanks for talking to us. No problem. Thank you very much. Peter Shrug there, clearly and uh, unsurprisingly disappointed with the performance at Peterborough. Um, a little bit frustrating, especially, as I said, with people like Eric Riss. You wouldn't bank on him going through the card and, and scoring zero every week. If there were some high points, though, uh, Richard Lawson would certainly be one who, again, contributed heavily to the scores uh, that the, uh, the Stars got uh, on Monday night. And... There were a few heads scratched in some quarters as to why they would replace Craig Cook with Richard Lawson, but Richard Lawson is repaying that faith in the management, isn't he? He started very well. Um, I don't think that's a, a huge surprise. I mean, he might n- not up to this point always have been you know, the the most eye-catching signing, but he's a very reliable custer in my experience. Whenever you know, I've seen Richard, he, he's very dependable. And, you know, I think he, that will be could well turn into a very canny signing by Kingsley, especially at a time where, you know, they haven't made the start they wanted, but they've got a rider that they can depend on in uh, in Richard Lawson. So g- given reasonable form and fitness, I'm sure that he would serve them well through the course of the season. And he's already, I mean, he, he run up one or two very handy scores for them. So no, they'll be fine with him. Well, what a way to introduce yourself to a Kings Lynn team than going to Foxhall and piling away 15 points. Here is Richard Lawson after that performance last week against the Ipswich Witches, where, of course, Kings Lynn took the spoils 46-44. It was tough, you know. I think it was close all the way through. And obviously when we lost Thomas, I thought, you know, that might be quite difficult losing him in that heat. But, uh, you know, a couple of five ones at the end with me and Louis and kind of sealed the deal. So, yeah, chipped a bit. And for you, it's quite funny, really, because, it, you know, Louis quite well from your ride, your ride together at Eastbourne. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're a great partnership. Yeah, we've been together for a couple of years now and it's uh, it's good. We know we can trust each other, you know. Uh, always looking for each other and, and that really helps you know good dynamic in the pits and stuff so uh, you know, I wouldn't want to share a 5-1 with anyone else Now looking at, at the team did you bomb well with the boys for your first meeting? Unbelievable yeah it was really really, really jolled uh, good um, helping each other with bikes and stuff it was a really nice atmosphere enjoyed it and from Peter Schrock, he was thrilled with the win. After Heat 15, you could see he was overjoyed and that meant a lot to him. Yeah, I think they've been working really hard behind the scenes and everyone deserves it at Kings Lynn. So it was just nice, you know, for my first meeting, I could help out and uh, get some points on the board. Now for you, it's been a fairly tough winter. You, you could have been at Lynn before, but you're finally here and you're pleased to be here. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny how things work out, but... It, uh, you know, averages and politics and all that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're here and um, I'll give it 100% every time. One of the new Kings Lynn signings there, in fact, the one at number one, and that is Richard Lawson speaking with Robin Allen. This is the official British Speedway podcast, No Breaks, No Fear. I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM to have a look back at the action from the past few days and also look ahead to what's coming up in the week ahead. Right now, we're going to turn our attention to the National Speedway Stadium, where on Monday it was the Bellevue Aces versus the Ipswich Witches, another torrid time for the Witches who are suffering badly because of 
injuries, and we'll talk about them in a moment. But uh, good news for Aces fans would be to see Charles Wright finally finding some of the form that we know he's capable of. Let's hear from Charles Wright first of all. He's with Hayley Bromley. It's good to, you know, finally have speed and... You know, uh, my engines are right now. I've been lacking power, but it's just shown tonight what a difference is. I've speed now, and uh, it's like starting all over again and start the season because there's way more to come from me. Well, I can't wait to see uh, what else there is under the t- in the tank with you. But um, switching to number four tonight, did that help in any way? Not really. You know, I rode heat leader at Peterborough last year, so nothing really phases me. You come up against the... Uh, same riders so no not really i mean 815 no no position really bothers me really well that's good to hear and good to see the confidence back up and the smile on your face and our unbeaten record still preserved tonight after a 20 point win that is quite remarkable for early season yeah like i say we just need to keep it going there's good team spirit in the pits and uh yeah we'll just you know stay all injury free and just uh all work as a team and keep going as we are so it's brilliant to be a t- in a team like this absolutely i mean the spirit is, is second to none amongst all of the boys um just a word on the ipswich boys obviously depleted side tonight uh, but they had a couple of good guests you know obviously cookie is a man who knows this track did we expect more of a challenge from them than maybe we got not really i think uh, the bank holiday meet and the track and the starts were a lot different from what we've been riding the, the first few meetings so i think it caught us out a little bit and tonight it was prepared like it normally would be so you could see off the starts we were trapping better and uh, just everything really about the team and everyone just seemed to be gating a lot better I mean it's hard to come from behind here and when you go wide you get filled in and you get you go 10 foot backwards so yeah it's good to get some fresh air and I did a few passes from the back as well so Charles Wright speaking with Hayley Bromley for the official Bellevue Aces Facebook and Twitter pages and um, we know what Charles Wright's capable of he hasn't quite shown it so far this season as he was mentioning there he's struggled with his engines a little bit but he thinks he's found the winning formula Uh, Mike Taylor from BBC WM is with me and and we know what he's capable of we know that on his day as we know from winning the British Championship for example he can beat anybody can Charles Wright Yeah he's he's, uh, a great competitor uh, Charles Wright, and uh, if he's got everything running well and he's feeling good, then uh, then he'll be a big presence in that team. I mean, that's a very solid side, isn't it? Um, with you know the the, the development of Bewley, uh, which is so exciting, I think for everybody to follow. I mean, you know the the, the scores that he's running up here and there and in Poland, um, he is going to improve over the course of not just this season, but 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 carrying on. So you know, Bellevue are strong there. I, I do wonder. Uh, whether sometimes home advantage for them is almost compromised because other riders, I wonder how much you know they'll, they'll enjoy coming to Bellevue. It's you know it's 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 a big. It feels now like a big occasion to go to Bellevue. I wonder how inspiring these riders will uh, will find it. We'll find out over the course of the season. But yeah, Bellevue, a strong team. The Warrells always uh, uh, give uh, you know a, a good uh, strength to a team. They're well led at the top there will be competitive. I mean, you can make a very strong case for Bellevue over the course of this season, I think, again. For Ipswich Witches, they've been rocked over the last week or so with some severe injuries, losing Jason Crump, Cameron Heaps and Jordan Stewart and, and missing riders of that quality from any team is, is, is going to upset the apple cart a bit. Let's hear from the Ipswich promoter. Here's Chris Louie. I expected it to be tough, to be honest. We're, we're patched up at the moment, as um, obviously you well know. Um, but, you know, the lads all gave 100%. Um, they all battled all night. They made lots of changes all night. Um, stuck to the task. I think second half of the meeting, I, I felt in many ways we were slightly better than, than we had been. So, you know, that's going in the right direction. We, we, we've got a return. And um, hopefully we'll be a uh, more unified, fitter team <laughs> and uh, do a better job. And you look at the reserves and, all right, Anders may not have uh, have had the, the best of nights in terms of points, but that doesn't lack his effort. No, I, 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 um, no, I can't knock anyone tonight for effort. You know, I don't mind the points scored if, if the 100% effort's going in. Um, you know, poor points and low effort, that's not acceptable. And we have seen it this year. <laughs> but it, it wasn't the case tonight. Everyone was given 100%. And, um, no, you know, not, not obviously not pleased with the result, but... Um, pleased with, with the effort that the team gave. And obviously it, it's a, 
bit of an injury crisis in, in both the Premiership and the Championship at the minute with, with lots of riders getting injured. So there's a, a bit of head scratching going on ahead of the future meetings. Yeah, of course. You know, we're doing our best to um, put the situation right and um, hopefully we can uh, make an announcement very soon. And, and um, you know, we've got to. We can't have three riders out for any period of time. There's uh, too many race days when you've got you know, all the Premiership clubs racing. Um, we simply wouldn't be able to put a team out. Mm. And do you think that that's difficult when, when you've got all six teams that are riding on, on one night? Yeah, of course, it just makes the job that much harder. And, you know, we, we, we initially did the fixtures without that, knowing that it would be a problem. But, um, you know, with, with rain-offs and various things, it's gradually uh, turned the way it has. And, and uh, that's why it's imperative that, that we, you know, we fill those places as much as we can. Thank you, Tom. No worries. Ipswich promoter Chris Lewis speaking with Robin Allen on the official British Speedway podcast. Mike Taylor is with me from BBC Radio WM. Uh, Mike, the injuries really are going to cause a problem for any team, but uh, particularly Ipswich suffering from that at the moment. Even though they tried as, as best as they can to to get some great replacements, it's going to take time for them to, to bed in. And of course, they might not be regular, but that is the, uh, the crux of it. Because until that, Ipswich were flying, weren't they? Uh, you know, hopefully they will get riders patched up and going again soon. It's a great shame it's taken the, the wind out of their sails so early on uh, in a team that, you know, uh, that, that look quite exciting with, with, with Jason Crump, obviously. Um, you know, a lot of people would have wanted to see him. I, you know, it was exciting to see him rock up at Monmouth last week and you know, it was unfortunate that he was hurt. Um, it's too early to assess what will happen with Ipswich. They're going to need riders back the sooner the better, hopefully. On the subject of the Ipswich Witches and the Red Car Bears, something for you next, because we're going to hear from Jake Allen about his decision to race British Speedway in 2021. And we'll also talk more about that uh, meeting from last week between the Birmingham Brummies and the Red Car Bears, which has certainly caused a little bit of controversy. Uh, we'll chat more and hear from Jade Mudgeway, the Red Car promoter, and we'll hear from Chris Bomber-Harris as well, very very soon here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM to look back on the action from the last few days and look ahead to what's coming up. And there's lots to look forward to in the championship. And someone who bridges the championship and the premiership is Jake Allen, a rider who made a fairly late notice decision to come and ride in British Speedway after all, uh, when he was confirmed to be coming back over. Having previously accepted places and then had to give them up, uh, he then changed his mind and he picked up places with the Ipswich Witches and the Red Car Bears and um, he was chatting with Robin Allen yesterday before that meeting at the National Speedway Stadium against Bellevue about his decision to ride in Britain after all. How was 2020 and coming into 2021? Yeah, it was not too bad. Obviously 2020 we all come over at the start of the year um, planning to do some racing but um, the old coronavirus uh, put a hold to that pretty quick at the start of that year so um, I hung around till about June and then ended up flying home and I was just working working right up until the weekend before I come here. So, um, yeah, good to be back and um, ho- hoping to have a good year. Now, of course, it was very touch and go at, at points, but you're glad to be back. And, of course, you were scheduled to, to be with Ipswich and then you weren't. And then with Nikolai having to, to pull out the UK, open the door for you with the Witches. Um, I made the decision originally to stay at home for the year, but um, UK come good um, sort of towards the end of March and it's when I sort of thought about making a return and uh, Redcar contacted me and they heard a little rumour uh, that I was maybe interested in coming back. So I ended up signing for them and um, I'd stayed in contact with Ipswich the whole time I was at home and I said if there was any opportunity or if anyone pulled out, I said I'd be ready to go. And um, Nikolai ended up pulling out a couple of weeks before the start of the season. Um, which is sad for him and obviously but um, you know it was was good for me I was able to double up and um, make the most of this short season Now you did have your press day in in 2020 for realistically it was no reason in the end but was it good to to meet up with the boys and uh, and meet your teammates once again? Yeah it was good obviously um, in 2020 yeah we had our press day it was real different um, to usual because that was right at the start of when all the COVID stuff was happening so you know there was barely anyone there usually it's it's a pretty full-on day and 
you know, it was actually pretty cruisy for a change. But, um, yeah, I was uh, looking forward to catching up with everyone this year. And the first time I saw everyone was actually the first race meeting. So it was good. Um, I just went into that race meeting, you know, hoping to score some points and just get the ball rolling with my season and end up scoring double figures. So I was happy with that and hopefully keep, you know, the good scores coming in for the rest of the year. Now, for you, it's quite nice because you've got some Aussies in there and, and of course, you've got none other than Jason Crump. Yeah, you know, me and Crumpy have known each other for a few years now. Um, we've raced him back in Australia and we've got family friends as well. So I've known him for a number of years. He's always been good to us and always good for advice and, you know, little set-up tricks here and there. So um, when he got injured, um, it was obviously disappointing for the whole team. Um, you know, not well, not only our team, him, him himself, and also for the fans that were probably looking forward to him uh, making a return to all the away tracks. So, um, yeah, I hope he heals up soon. And um, same as the rest of our teammates, you know, we had a pretty rough week last week with um, three pretty bad injuries. So um, hopefully them boys can get on the mend as soon as possible and, and get back racing. Now, I'm talking about your form, how have you sort of found things with it since this year? Um... Yeah, I think I've been okay. Just I had that one blip at Wolverhampton like we spoke about before, which wasn't ideal, but, you know, I had a really, really busy week leading up to that. I was riding Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it was the Monday, and, you know, I think, I, if anything, was just a little run down that early in the year, you know, straight back into it. Um, you know, had two days off then, or one day off, sorry, and then scored seven and one from three rides at Birmingham and then um, paid double figures again at Ipswich on the Thursdays and then nine again um, on the Friday at, at Redcar. So, you know, it was just a minor blip, which you have every now and then. And um, I think if you don't have them, um, you're not human. As part of our new series, Alan on Alan, there's uh, Robin Allen speaking to Jake Allen, who uh, are, are, I'm not sure our relations, maybe long lost cousins, who knows, but they were chatting in the pits ahead of that uh, fixture on Monday between Bellevue and Ipswich. And as Jake was talking about uh, in that piece, Mike Taylor, who's uh, joining us from BBC WM, it was a, a late decision really for him to decide to come and, and race in British Speedway. But of course, when everything got the green light, he came over here and uh, it's great to have stars like that uh, in our league. Yeah, look, the more talented riders that we can have in British Speedway, the better. Uh, and I, it, it must have been very difficult for riders. It's not the, the only case that uh, that we've heard in recent weeks about riders who weren't sure what would be the right thing to do. Uh, I mean, none of us have been sure what exactly is, is, is the right thing to do. And for Speedway riders, given the, the obvious complications of the job uh, in terms of travel, it must have been a hard choice. But now that they've made the choice, I don't doubt that they will fully commit to it. Looking at the next fixtures in the Premiership, there's only a couple actually over the next week. On uh, Thursday, Ipswich welcome Peterborough to Foxhall. And then Peterborough are the other team in action on um, next Monday. In fact, the only team, along with Wolverhampton, who are riding. It's just the one fixture. Peterborough versus Wolves um, at the East of England Arena next Monday night. at 7.30 start time for that. Right now, let's turn our attention to things in the Championship. And uh, Birmingham took on Redcar in the Championship Knockout Cup. What should have been the first leg of that fixture last week but um, it was an unusual one there were huge problems with the track Mike Taylor is with us from BBC Radio WM you were commentating on this fixture on the on the live stream that we were talking about um, just tell us about what happened because uh, an unusual set of circumstances clearly there's been no meetings for a long time at Perry Bar um, the time it took to prepare the track affected things because they ran out of time at the end of the meeting due to a crash with Jordan Stewart, who badly hurt himself. As, as we well know, he's not going to be racing for uh, either Redcar or Ipswich anytime soon. And by the time they'd sorted him out, that was Heat 9 done. And um, the, the curfew uh, was in place at, at 10 o'clock. So that time taken to prepare the track really knocked everything back. The meeting's got to be rerun. The re result didn't stand. Redcar were ahead at the time. Redcar are not 100% happy with it. Um, what was your experience, Mike? Very difficult. And uh, there are a number of problems. And first and foremost, we want Jordan Stewart to, 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 be, uh, to be better soon, and I hope he is. Um, the... You know, Birmingham can't—they can't afford. No speedway track can many, afford many nights like that. There was a various combination of circumstances um, that came together to make it not 
right. And, and you know, the Birmingham management know that. I know how much effort they've put into keeping Speedway going at Birmingham, which has you know, been in doubt at, uh, a number of times over the last few years. They've had uh, problems um, with you know, damage to equipment off the track over the last few weeks. So a lot of things haven't gone their way. Let's hear the thoughts of the Redcar team boss, Jade Mudgeway. Um, Redcar were in the lead when the meeting was halted at 89 after that crash with uh, Jordan Stewart. And uh, understandably, he's pretty frustrated at having to rerun the meeting. I'm really proud of our riders for getting stuck in and, and getting on it. They, they weren't entirely happy, but they realised that Speedway has to be running. And they got on with it. I'm just, I'm just really proud. And I, I hope that the, the rules prevail and the result gets declared because I think that's why the rules are the way they are so that these, these sorts of things, when we put all the effort in um, to get that done after waiting so long for the, having the track to be made relatively safe, I, I think it would be a fair result to be declared. You, you had the lead and you're hoping that you're going to be able to hold on to that because, like I say, you put in full effort tonight. Yeah, I think it would be fair for the result to be declared that way, um, but we'll see. There's there's other things that, that we don't see that have to be uh, have to be talked about. That's an SCB ruling, so uh, we'll just we'll just go with their ruling. On the one hand, the rules say that if you don't get to heat 12, the result doesn't stand. But on the other hand, the rules say that uh, that you should have a, a safe track to ride on and a, and a, a prepared track in time for the, the start of the meeting. Where do you stand on this one, Mike? It's going to be a, a, a tricky one for for the authorities to work out, isn't it? And uh, will they rule in the, in the red car bears or the Birmingham Brummies favour? This is a very awkward one for the uh, for, for the decision because nobody is going to be satisfied. Um, if the decision goes against them here. Both sides are going to have a reasonable case. Um, I mean, it, of all things, it was typical of that occasion that that incident should happen in, in Heat 10 and therefore it would be declared at Heat 9. There is a very strict curfew in, in, in place at Perry Bar, so that couldn't have been uh, been messed with. But you know, the, 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 the track preparations took a long time, too long. So that is very awkward, Um the the rules as they are written are in favour of Birmingham. There is a a strong case from uh, Redcar. You can certainly see Jake Mudgeway and Redcar's point of view. I'm glad I don't have to make the decision because there are a lot of mitigating factors both ways. And it's a very thorny one for the uh, for for the the, uh, the the panel that will make their mind up on that. And somebody is going to be very disappointed and be able to point to some justification as well. It's a, it's a really tough decision. We'll wait and see the outcome on that, but um, as it stands, the uh, now second leg needs to be rerun. Um, if it isn't, and it is awarded in Redcar's favour, then of course Redcar will go through to the next round, uh, taking a very slender lead from the uh, the, the now first round of uh, f- first leg of that tie at uh, the Media Prima Arena. Let's hear from Chris Harris. Chris Harris um, has been speaking with Robin Allen. Going well, two wins from two, and it just ended on a bit of a sour note. Yeah, for me, I was pleased how things how bike was going, how I was riding, um, and everything. It's a shame that it got me in finishes it is and been abandoned. But uh, you know, we wish him wish him a speedy recovery and hope it's not as bad as what everyone's saying. Um, yeah, we have to go to red car now. The, what would have been the second leg and now the first leg, I guess, and uh, see if we can uh, got them get a win. I can't see why not. Now, the track was difficult tonight, but you, with your, your grass track background, and you just went out there and, and attacked it, and that seemed the way to go tonight. Yeah, I found it hard, even though it's in the grass track background. It wasn't easy, because the grass tracks, you have, you've got the expansion in a way. This is a solid back end, but um, you just actually use your head out of silly five minute a second when I, in my second while when I went underneath um, Jake, but I managed to, to save it and, uh, you know, put my hand up to him after just to apologise, you know, you know, went for a gap that was there and hit the hole, but no, everything was good. Come away with two wins and uh, the bike's working well. Fantastic to have such a character as Chris Harris regularly visiting uh, Perry Bar for the Birmingham fans, isn't it? It's quite a catch for them. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, a real sort of totemic figure for, for, for Birmingham to look to. Um, and at the time where they have burned brightest in recent years, he was very much uh, a part of it. So it, it's it's good that he is back. Um, there is, I mean, look, the, the, the championship is full of um, capable riders, as you've already mentioned. But for Birmingham, uh, again, they have a rider that they're there that they can look up to. And you look at some of the other names uh, in that team, and I particularly look at James Shanes as a rider with with ability and uh, you know and personality on the bike 
but he, you know, he can really get something I would imagine from having someone as experienced and uh, and knowledgeable as Chris Harris in his corner this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, Chris Harris will continue doing a solid job for whichever team in Speedway he's able to employ him for as long as he keeps going, and he's another evergreen uh, contender, and he's very much in Birmingham's favour that he's back around. Looking ahead at the upcoming fixtures in the championship then, and it is uh, another pretty busy week in that particular league. Wednesday, Birmingham versus Glasgow and Poole versus Berwick. And then uh, Friday, it's, um, some of the sides meeting that are fancied to be in the top four with Edinburgh versus Leicester, Glasgow versus Redcar, and then we've got Scunthorpe versus Newcastle as well. Um, Saturday, Berwick in action uh, again, and uh, they're uh, riding against Redcar, a bit of a North East derby there at Shieldfield Park. Eastbourne versus Edinburgh in the championship and in the championship knockout cup it's Leicester versus Scunthorpe. And then on Sunday uh, Redcar and Glasgow face off again at the Media Prima Arena. It's a tea time start, uh, five o'clock for that one. Um, but you get double bubble because then at seven at Redcar you've got the British Youth Championship straight after it with the 500cc and the 250cc classes. And uh, another fixture on Sunday is the British under 21 semi-final at Newcastle. That's the second semi-final. The first semi happened at Mildenhall and we'll hear from the riders who made the podium in that very soon. Jordan Jenkins, Jake Mulford and Nathan Ablitz will hear from them all in just a few moments here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. Joining me in this episode is Mike Taylor, the Speedway reporter for BBC Radio WM in the West Midlands. A big fixture that happened last weekend was at Mildenhall. It was the British Under-21 semi-finals, where um, various riders are obviously battling to get their place in the British Under-21 final. Goes without saying, almost. But um, let's speak to some of the riders who made the podium. And uh, there were six in all who qualified from this particular semi-final. We'll speak to the winner first, Jordan Jenkins, who scored 15 points. He rides for Redcar and Mildenhall in the National League. And he's been speaking with Robin Allen. How does it feel? Yeah, great feeling, you know, uh, and to do it for Max is even better. Uh, feeling good today and, uh, yeah, it's a fairly fairly strong field. Um, and, yeah, happy to come away with the win and, and carry this on into the season now. Now, looking at your scores and, and your race wins, wasn't easy for yourself. You, you had to, to battle there and, and make some passes with, with some of the boys. Yeah, I missed a couple of starts, but uh, track was really slick today, so it made it a little bit more difficult. But yeah, riding hard and uh, trying to make, make gaps where they might not be in. But uh, yeah, what can you do? Um, I'm riding with confidence at the minute, so it makes it a lot easier. And yeah, real happy with how it's turned out, and we'll carry this on now. And it was your first meeting back at West Row. How good was it to, to see your fans and and you're a real favourite here. Yeah, first meeting back, I think, since would have been 2018 now. Um, and I think the time away has done me good. Uh, really matured as a rider and I'm feeling a lot quicker and happier and all, all around in a better place. So, yeah, um, can't wait to get started here in the league now and uh, hopefully we can do well. You're coming into this meeting and, and you've been riding for, for Red Cars. So how have you, you found your, your first few meetings? Learning all the time, you know. Uh, might not have scored the biggest points every meeting, but every time I sit on that bike, I'm still learning. Um, and yeah, I had uh, some real good meetings, I guess. Um, paid two lots of paid five, paid six, and then I paid seven on Friday. So always improving, um, and I always look to improve. So hopefully we can have a good uh, good week next week. Got Glasgow Friday, Berwick Saturday, Redcar Sunday. So yeah, another busy weekend, but best way. Now let's just rewind a bit and go back to, to Birmingham last Wednesday. It was a, a tricky night and a, a tricky track, but you managed to get your, your first win at championship level. How pleased are you with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, good, just it's a real confidence booster. As you said, the track wasn't the greatest, and I think everyone knows that. And um, it was touch and go whether the meeting was going to go ahead, but it did, and it was the same for everyone. Um, made a shocker of a start in my first ride and the track was so rough I just struggled to even turn left to be honest with you. Um, went back out and uh, got the better of Eric Riss which is a real real good feeling um, and then in my fourth one went from last to first in the first bend round the boards and uh, got across them and uh, yeah real good feeling and first win so 
this is the start of men's going, I reckon. Jordan Jenkins, the winner of that first semi-final in the British Under-21 Championships at Mildenhall at the weekend. It's great to see, Mike, isn't it, how some of the... British youngsters are doing and, and and the development because we've seen as well this last week Great Britain securing a, a third place in Saturday's European under-19 pairs final in Gdansk which was a, a, a great achievement um, with uh, Drew Kemp um, Anders Rowe involved in that and Dan Jilks also contributing as well and and getting a getting a, a third place against some of Europe's best stands in, in really good stead for for what's coming up in in the next five or ten years or so for British Speedway? The potential's there, and I know a lot of hard work has gone in. I mean, I think a few weeks ago, uh, Rob Godfrey and uh, Chris Louie talking with you about this. You know, uh, the... It, it has to be a long-term thing, um, and, and it has been now for two or three years. It's going to take time for uh, these riders to work their way through, and inevitably, to some degree, it's about catching up with where you know the the, the poles and and, and and other european nations are but you know i heard a lot of optimism in that in uh, that conversation that, you know it'll be them trying to catch up with us they're going to look at the way that the great britain setup does things well that's encouraging not all these riders will eventually make it through as top liners. That's the nature of any sport. Um, the, the very best at 15 and 16 don't necessarily go on to be the very best at 18 or 21 or 25. But the more that you've got of the, the talent there, firstly, it, it increases the chances that some of them will emerge to be the uh, to, to the, the top level that we, that we want to see. And secondly, they will push each other on so th- these events are important the individual events uh, like the under 21 uh, semi-final and as you say that the, the second one is coming up they are important because it's an entirely different challenge to team speedway it's it's much more about the personal responsibility you've got to do it uh, on the night there's nobody to bail you out there's no teammate to 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 uh, to, to bring you on so this is all part of the learning experience and and it's from a spectator point of view it's fun to be able to say well look I'm going to try and pick a winner here but it's exciting to think that there are so many now who might come through because some of them will. Uh, let's hear from a couple of the other riders that were in action in that uh, under 21 semi-final at Mildon Hall. Jake Mulford is one. He is a uh, Kent rider and he's been speaking to Robin Allen as well. Runner up in the British under 21 semi-final here at Mildon Hall. How did you find it? Yeah, I thought it was a really good day and to come here like confident after Kent. I think it give, that gave me a boost so yeah, I think the happier you are when you're riding, the better the results are. And I watched your, your first meeting for the Kings in the championship at, at Glasgow, and even though you were a bit nervous at times, you, you really showed you could mix it. Yeah, definitely. I weren't too far off the pace, but I think it, it, with at that higher level, the starts, like the gating is is a is. It's so different. Like they're they're such a good, they are a next step up. So I think keep working and riding with them. Hopefully I'll get some more guests meetings with them, and then I can yeah I keep learning from that. And obviously when you learn you get better. Now I've seen you sort of nearly two years ago now, and and you look at yourself now, and you look at a completely different rider. You look confident going into the first turn and and even when you got a rider in front of you, you you sort of see them as a target to overtake now yeah i think this last year or maybe yeah this last year is bit i think the with the break it's made this year much better and made me more confident and obviously i've noticed myself from switching from grass to speedway it's just become natural now so i've definitely improved the last year which is really good and the third place rider was nathan ablett who lines up for eastbourne usually and uh, he's been chatting to robin too how good does that feel to get your place yeah no it feels really good really pleased with uh, today's work and you know coming i didn't put any pressure on myself i just wanted you know looking at looking at the top six and wanting to make that so coming away on the rostrum is a bonus now obviously you, you're at your track that was supposed to be your, your home track last season so it's a bit of mixed emotions because this could have been your home, but it isn't anymore, but it's good to show your face. Yeah, no, definitely. Good to be here and, you know, good to get some laps in before we come here with Eastbourne. You know, it gives me a bit of a, a bit of a head start in terms of setup and how to ride the place. So, you know, all good to, uh, to get some laps down here. Now, obviously, you, you've had a busy couple of days and you're up at Scunthorpe and you, and you got your championship debut. So how did you find that? No, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed every second of it, you know. 
I felt, I felt felt really good on the bike. I felt like I had some good speed, but I was just really struggling off the starts. And you know, luckily we changed something here today, and it, and it seemed to work. So shame we didn't get that sorted ready for the Scunthorpe meeting. But you know, really really good that we got it sorted now. And yeah, really still still enjoyed the experience, and really thankful to the obviously the eSport management for for giving me the chance. I mean, you said to me in pre-season that you you were hoping that you got that opportunity, but did you really think you get it this early in the season? Well, yeah, my aim was uh, towards the end of the season, you know, to to make a few appearances. So for it to come two meetings in is um obviously is great for me, and I think goes to show how the work we've been putting in starting to pay off. And how did you you find the championship level? It is quite cutthroat sort of stuff at times. Yeah, definitely. I think the main difference I definitely noticed was, you know, the, the first 10 yards to the first corner is, is a different level. I felt like I had the speed and had some good speed and could have mixed it up, but yeah, as I said, just, just them first first few yards is what I need to work on to, to start mixing it with them boys. The other qualifiers then, along with Jordan Jenkins, Jake Mulford and Nathan Ablett, are Jack Parkinson Blackburn, who rides for the Bellevue Colts, Sam Beebe from Mildenhall and Alex Spooner, who is uh, currently unattached, but um, he's heading to the British Under-21 final, so maybe that will change fairly soon. Um, looking at the lineup for Newcastle, um, some other fairly big names uh, of, the, of the upcoming riders involved, um, including Dan Thompson, Joe Lawler, Joe Thompson. Um, also got um, Kyle Bickley involved in that as well. Dan Jilks, who was one of the riders who was involved in that under-19 third place in the uh, European Championships uh, last weekend. He's now lining up at Newcastle this weekend, so you can see him. Ben Trigger, who's uh, another uh, talked-about rider as well. So um, a- a- another strong lineup there, and uh, very hard to pick which, which six might make it through. Yeah, well, the, the, and these riders, it's on occasions like this that some of these riders will find out a bit about themselves as well, um, which is all part of, of of learning. You know, the, the, it puts a bit of of different kind of pressure on. Um, I mean, some of, some of those even, I mean, the Thompson twin, they've been knocking around on speedway bikes since, uh, since they could walk. I remember seeing them, um, you know, popping up as, uh, you know, doing sort of warming up and testing laps before meetings, what already feels like several years ago. So... Uh, it will be fascinating to see. So some of these riders will blossom. For I mean, you talked there about Spooner being unattached. Well, what a great opportunity for him to go and uh, and show what ability he's got. People will notice uh, if you can take an opportunity like that. And look, there are going to be more chances. There are going to be gaps in teams over the course of the season. So you've got to prove that you're ready. And occasions like this, people will, will take notice of who does well, who shapes up well, you know, who prepares their kit well things like that they get spotted well that's about it from us for this week my thanks to Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM for uh, joining us in this particular episode and uh, Mike will be back with you on your radio uh, or indeed online with one of their live stream commentaries and you've got some this coming week or two as well haven't you Mike tell us where we can hear you uh, our next one, we shall be at the uh, the Birmingham match uh, this week uh, against Glasgow. But you can uh, you can find us. We try and uh, put uh, when we uh, we know we're going to be there and we've got the uh, the connections in place. Then we'll uh, put the links up a, a day or two ahead of time um, and uh, through our social media uh, channels and through the the, the BBC Sport uh, website. That's where you can find us. And we're always keen to hear from uh, from from people you know to, to to give us some feedback and let us know what's what's happening. If we we can do our bit to, uh, to to let the Speedway community and contribute there. Um, you know, I think Speedway is pretty well served with the uh, within itself with the media it's got. You know, with the Speedway Star, and now we got this podcast and the various websites are very good. But if we can do our bit um, to to tell people what's happening with Speedway, then then I hope we'll manage that. Well, thanks, Mike. It's been great speaking with you today, and, and all the best for uh, for those matches over the next few weeks or so. Um, if you've got friends who are Speedway fans, don't forget to encourage them to listen to this podcast. That's the, the best way to uh, get the word around is good old word of mouth. And um, if you don't mind leaving us a review and a rating, that always helps out a little bit as well. And don't forget, keep up to date with everything that's happening with your club online, speedwaygb.co.uk. All of the news, all the fixtures, all the results will be available there as and when they arrive in. And we will speak to you next week, same time, 8 o'clock Tuesday evening for a brand new episode of No Breaks, No Fear, which is a Nigel Pearson Limited production for British Speedway. See you next week. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Social Podcast Network.